0: Want to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ five minutes at a time? Well, this is the episode for you.
1: This is the Keeping It Simple podcast, where the rubber meets the road concerning the one thing Jesus told us to do.
0: Yeah, and we're continuing, I guess, along the lines of uh, what we began to open up last week with our practices and uh, how we actually facilitate discipleship, the, the trellis that yeah. the vine grows on. Um, we're going to drill down into to another level of this. But just a real quick recap, through this series, we've looked at the, the one thing Jesus called us to do, which was really to make disciples our role. That's our role. His role is to build the church. Our role is to build build people. Uh, that we need to do that with intentionality. Um, that relationship is foundational to this. That there are really three dimensions we can identify to those relationships. relationships yeah. Well could
1: you say three different types of relationships yeah, yeah. we need to
0: have? Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we're drilling down now into those different dimensions of relationship. Yes.
1: So. so today we're going to be talking about our relationship with Christ, uh, which we, we did briefly touch on last week, is empowered by scripture. Um, so obviously our our relationship with Jesus, Jesus is the word. I mean, you've got Revelation 19.13 and his name was the word of God. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about the word of God, we're not talking about the Bible, we're talking about Jesus. Yeah. Um, and really one word from God can change everything when, yeah. when God speaks to you, which 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 often is through Scripture. The Scripture comes alive and, wow, this is speaking to me 2,000 years after it was written about my life. I need to do something
0: about it. Yeah, and and to clarify that, what we're saying is as you read Scripture, we've all had, hopefully, we've all had that experience of the Holy Spirit quickening a portion of Scripture and it is no longer words on a page. Mm. It becomes a living word to you. You know, some people have used the word rhema, the Greek word rhema, uh, which means something like the twice quickened word.
1: Yeah. And so, word you, come alive, yeah, so
0: you have the logos, the Greek word for logos, which is is sort of like the established truth, the written fact of the matter. And then the Holy Spirit breathing on that. And all of a sudden, just even one word or three, three words on a line, mm. or maybe a whole sentence or a whole paragraph or a whole story in scripture, all of a sudden comes alive to you and you see yourself. In the story and you know God's pulling you into it and speaking to you. Yeah. And and I think that's Christ manifest in the word.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I mean it'd be as as you're you're reading about um, Jesus showing kindness to someone and then all of a sudden you're like, I need to be kind to this person yeah, in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's God speaking to you.
0: Yes, very, very much so. Um
1: so I guess that our technique it's, yeah, It's, it's
0: is, not a big secret. It's not a big secret. It's a, it's an oldie but a goodie. So.
1: It's a, simp- a super simple technique. You might have heard of it. It's, it's SOAP journaling. So SOAP, S-O-A-P, standing for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So if we ran through each one of them, you've got the scripture, which is whatever you're reading, mm-hmm. um, writing that down. If there's that verse that stands out to you, make note of it. Um, the observation is what's going on in that story, what's going on in that scripture, what's what's happening, what did it mean to the original readers or the original hearers mm-hmm. um, of, of what was happening. The application then, which is really what we try hammer home is, is what are you going to do about that? Application being the more specific the better. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be like I need to be – Uh, I I, I need to forgive people, much better to go, I need to forgive that person. Yes. Um, It's nice to be, I need to be less, I need to be more patient. It's better to be like, I need to be more patient with my coworker called da-da-da because they frustrate me. Yeah, yeah, I need to be more patient with (laughs) Roger. (laughs) And then the prayer is um, really taking responsibility in a sense for Mm. that as well, Mm. which I think it adds to the application sometimes. Writing out a prayer actually helps you really apply what you want to do about it, Mm. and we really encourage people not just to write, um, not just to write something like "God help me to do this," but actually, "God, this is what I'm deciding that I'm going to do about it." I choose. Yeah, I choose to do this. I determine. Yeah,
0: use those kind of Uh, responsibility words, and
1: then maybe help me to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But but um uh, like the guy who uh, I'm trying to think is the is it what's his name? His his. He wants his daughter to be healed, and he's like, I, I believe, help me to believe, help my unbelief yes, kind yes, of thing. It's yes. like, God, I'm going to do this, help me with that. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess just just pulling this apart a little bit, I, one of the things that, um, I, one of the blessings I see in this simple pattern of journaling is it, it's actually probably a really good way, and, and a way that certainly I've used for years with exegetical preaching and it's it's sort of like in one sense sermon prep we don't want that though we don't want people to just be looking at the bible for messages yeah but but actually this is the way you get get a good message from scripture is going to the scripture allowing it to speak to you what stands out to you so you read a portion of scripture this is where we would say you know you don't need to read a lot. As soon as you feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, if anything stands out to you, just just freeze frame. Mm. Write that down and begin to meditate on that. And, and use these principles. What is the observation? What was the writer trying to say? What were, How would the original audience have received this? What did it mean to the original hearers? Mm. So there's this, you get this portion of scripture and it could be one word that just speaks to your heart. It could be a phrase. It could be a sentence. It could be a, a couple of verses, whatever it is. So we write that down and then we make observations first and this is a real key this is often where preaching goes goes le- left you know yeah. into left field is because people just get scripture to say what they want it to say by jumping straight to application mm-hmm. i read this in the bible and i think it means this the real safeguard against that is stopping to say what was it intended to say mm. And who was it being said to? Making those observations. So Paul was saying this to the church at Corinth because, Mm -hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. But now I can make the application. So if that was a truth for them, what does that mean to me Mm -hmm. today? Yeah. And and how am I going to apply that? The, The scripture is saying to me today, I need to be this and I need to or I need to do that or I need to stop this. So you have this observation, then you apply it to your life, and then you wrap that up in a prayer. And again, as, as Levi said, a really grounded prayer. A prayer that's grounded in reality. Mm. Not just some sort of intercessory, you know, sending your mail off to the universe kind of yeah. prayer. Lord just bless them today. Which I'm not saying they're they're not good prayers to pray. But this is discipleship. Mm. This is you growing and how you will grow and how others will grow even as you share your prayer with them at Mm. times. And we'll get into that as we talk about the life of the group.
1: Yeah, I was just going to jump in and just maybe play devil's advocate for Mm. a second, just Mm. with observation and application. Mm. Um, Totally agree about observation. Mm. At the same time, I think when people hear that, oh, what was it saying to – a lot of people kind of feel, oh, gee, I don't know. Um, mm. So we're encouraging really simple observation mm. is what I would say. Mm. Two, I would say it, it's. I think God's got a grace on when people start reading the Bible where, yeah. you know, they're reading anything and God's speaking to them. It's like awesome. If they can't tell you, you know, okay, well, what's the context of what was happening there? That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's definitely where we want people to get to where they're like, okay, I've actually been reading a chapter yeah. um, and I'm following the story and I can kind of see how this fits into the story rather than yeah. just a cherry picked Yeah, exactly right. But if they started a cherry-picked verse, awesome.
0: (laughs) And and yeah, and I think that's important whenever we're talking discipleship. That is important to keep in mind. It's a good point, Levi, that we've always got to be aware of where people are on their grace journey. Mm. So, you know, we have people in groups that are not yet believing. Mm, They haven't come to a point of faith, but they'll actually journal. Mm. And funnily enough, sometimes we'll say this is what God's saying here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it hasn't become personal to them yet. Um, but they can still make an observation and even make an application. And, you know, sometimes it's pretty weird and fanciful stuff like Christians yeah. can make. And that's, I guess, where the group can self-correct a little bit. Mm. And that's what tends to happen, like where someone might say, I'm not sure that that's what Scripture's trying to say there, you know, yeah. and a discussion can arise People can grow out of it, but the the key thing is is that we approach scripture. We're looking for what was this kind of meaning in its original context. What could that mean to me today? Mm. And then a grounded prayer that says, oh, "This is what I'm going to do about it today." Yeah. yeah, and and again, as Levi said, not just "Lord, help me," but actually, "Lord, I I choose, I choose to walk this way." Mm. Strengthen me, help me, whatever, but make the decision to obey first. Yeah, yeah. And then believe for the grace of God upon your decision.
1: So, so what would you say to? I mean, often what we get asked when, when we're talking about our small groups mm. um, is, you know, do you run Bible studies or is this mm. a Bible study mm. or people come expecting a Bible study? Mm. Would you just talk to what's the difference between. Like why wouldn't we just do a Bible study if Yeah,
0: and I mean we've got some supporting elements. So we've got our our People Builder app, which is like a discipleship app with studies Studies so that leaders can can really cherry pick their topics. Like, for example, probably our most used study is baptism, water baptism, Mm. Uh, maybe baptism in the Holy Spirit, just a few of those things that they can just, take their group through if they feel this is where the group's, the group's at. You know. yeah. But the the bread and butter, the lifeblood is people's own journey. What, you know, why not Bible study? Because what we want is actually self feeding Christians. Mm. We want disciples who actually know how to lift the spoon to their mouth. Yeah, they're not sluggards that sit in church expecting the preacher to spoon feed them, mm. but they actually search the Scripture. They're like the Bereans. They search the Scriptures for themselves. Mm. And uh, and I've even had um, pastors, particularly in some of our missions partners, you know where. Uh, people have really been given, empowered to assist in the church and then they fragment the church, take their own little group off. When we first started sharing this kind of sort of more free-range stuff with our missions partners, their biggest concern was splitting the church. And I said the reason they're doing it is because they've never been discipled. Mm. They've been taught how to run a Bible study and there's a massive difference between running a Bible study and being a disciple. You You only need a bit of leadership to run, a, to run a, a Bible study, but actually if you've been discipled and it's a relational thing, you are far less likely to fracture the body of Christ. Mm. And even in the odd rare occasion where we've seen it here, most of the people in the group have bailed when they realise that the leader's on a tangent.
1: Yeah, because they've learned to hear from God for themselves. Exactly right. Which is what I guess that principle of journey, journaling is. is yeah. like God wants to speak to you directly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't have to... Um, yeah, feed off someone else's spiritual milk, I that's, suppose. That's then? it. And I guess that's someone a perfect Someone else's revelation, example. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and that's a
0: great analogy. I mean, I remember talking to a dairy farmer in the church years ago and I, I actually asked him the question, like, can dairy cows uh, – I think someone said it, that, that dairy cows can survive on milk. And I said to the farmer, can dairy cows live on m- milk, like survive, literally? Mm-hmm. And it was like, yes, but they can't produce milk. So they can drink another cow's milk or even their own milk and it will actually save them in one sense, but they will never produce milk. So they'll never be productive. And I think this is the danger of Bible study. When you're doing Bible study, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying if that's your your main thing, Mm. then what you're actually doing is just drinking someone else's milk. Yeah, And I guess the Bible says you should do that if you're a baby. Mm. But if you want to grow up, you've got to move on to Mm -hmm. other things. And to me, that's about taking responsibility to not just feed yourself, but to be productive enough to feed others. And I think that means chewing grass, you know, because that's that's what happens with, with milk. When a cow chews the grass and it goes into their udder, there's a chemical reaction that happens and that's what we get milk from. Mm. And so what we're looking for is self-feeding Christians who actually will chew, chew through the roughage, so to speak, and actually be- become productive and produce for others. Yeah. And that is a, a part of growing up. That's a part of maturing mm. is that you're not just receiving but you're now able to give.
1: Which, I mean, side note, but... I think we we see that so much too with, with leaders who are very new on the journey of following Jesus, but they've just matured because they're hearing from God yeah, for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Now it, what we're talking about here, I guess a lot of pushback on journaling could be people are so busy. This is another thing that requires people's time. Mm-hmm. We are talking about five minutes. Yeah. That, that's how I encourage the people in my group. Mm-hmm. Start with five minutes. Yeah. Now the thing is when it's life giving, you end up giving more time to that's it right. anyway. Yeah. Um, but and I mean, research around habits would say, start small. So yep. we just say five minutes, yep. do five minutes every day, open your Bible. Yep. Yep. Um, for some of the guys in my group, they find it, especially the newer guys, sometimes it's easier for them just to use the verse of the day thing on mm. the, on the Bible app. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, don't just read it. Like, okay, would you let God speak to you? And what do you need to do about that to impl- That's it. to put that into your life? Um, and I think when that, you know, even just five minutes, a little bit goes really a long way.
0: It does. And again, I think this is this is honouring Scripture. This is a higher view of Scripture sometimes than just read bulk because when it's like read bulk, read bulk, soak yourself in the Word, all mm. of that kind of talk, um, it's like, wow, does it take that much to change you? Actually, yeah. no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just one word from God changes everything. Yeah. And so if the Holy Spirit can just speak to your heart through Scripture, Christ is revealed to you, then that will transform your life mm. day by day, just a little bit at a time, is absolutely transformational. It's like,
1: it's like cordial a bit. So you don't need to fill the whole glass up with cordial. Yeah, just a little it. bit of cordial, a little bit of cordial. Goes along, sweetens, it's a concentrate. Sweetens yeah.
0: the whole glass. Yeah. And, and I guess that's our view of scripture. To me, that high view of scripture is—it's
1: powerful. Just a little yeah.
0: bit. Yeah. Just Just a little bit, but. It's all in the response. It's it, it's this swing from read, read, read to apply, apply, apply. Yeah. It's obedience over information.
1: Yeah. Sometimes we'll say one one verse applied is better than a thousand verses known. That's it. And not applied. I and guess. and
0: you yeah. know the whole focus on read, read, read and how important the Bible is to us. And it is. It is, folks. Please get me right, but we've we've covered this at length in the Dig a Little Deeper podcast. You know, we've got to remember that the first 13, 1,400 years of Christianity will actually be beyond that. You know, the, Christians didn't have their own copy of Scripture. Mm. By and large, some leaders did, maybe wealthy people did, uh, government officials, kings, certain people had access to Scripture. But by and large, the grassroots believer in the field just didn't have access to a copy of scripture. And if they did, they didn't have the literacy to read it. So, you know, we've got to remember history. The printing press is invented by Gutenberg, you know, somewhere around in the 1400s, 1440, Mm. you know. So the printing press. And then the first thing to be produced was the Bible. And I don't know, I think it was initially seven copies. Right, yeah. And then slowly. And it took a few hundred years for printing presses to get to the point of, of Anyth- anywhere near what we could imagine today, mm. books were highly expensive, literacy was could not be an assumed fact, mm. even if you could get a hold of a copy of Scripture, and yet these Christians took the gospel all around the world through incredible persecution. What was happening? Mm. It had to be that they were, you know, getting a little bit from the, the village priest or the whatever, wherever they were getting it from and they were responding as obediently as they could. Mm. And, of course, they were also being led of the Holy Spirit. I, I think this is where this massive emphasis on Scripture has, in one sense, we've neglected the leading of the Spirit, mm. whereas probably for the bulk of church history, that was main, probably the main thing
1: Christians had yeah. to rely on was the work of the Holy Spirit in them. I mean, what happened before that? I guess they were discipled. Is exactly what. right. <laughs> well, cause I, and even just as you're speaking, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Jesus couldn't have been advocating personal reading of Scripture. Because no one back then would have had a, no, a cop. No. if it wasn't written. Yeah. Um, which, is, again, we're not saying that's a bad thing at all. It's just like the, the emphasis has to be go and do. What are you doing exactly about right. this? How are you applying this? Yeah. Um, and, well, again, I, not a works-based you need to do more. It's, it's a man, Jesus is incredible. Our response has got to be like let's follow him and let's be yeah. obedient to what he wants us to do. Yeah. I mean I think
0: Jesus had it with the disciples. Even if they went to synagogue every day, Way. Their exposure to scripture would have been whatever the reading was of the day and mm. then a discussion around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? What does it look like to live this? Mm. Would have been the discussion I'm sure Jesus had. But again, it wasn't like they all had a copy of the New Testament in their back pocket. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. written yet. Um, and yet they were able to fully follow Christ and expand the church throughout the world when the books of Scripture weren't, the New Testament wasn't even being written until the midway through the first century. Yeah. So um, um, obviously they had Old Testament, but again, probably not all of it in one place except in Jerusalem, you know, so we've just got to be a bit mindful of it wasn't always like this.
1: So coming back to our trellis, I guess what we're saying is the, the goal is obedience. It's, it's reading, yep. letting the Holy Spirit speak to you through the scripture, and then what are you going to do about
0: it? That's it. Maturity. Remember our new rule on maturity. Maturity is measured by the time between God speaking and us obeying.
1: That's right. And it becomes, I guess, as we're journaling, we have that. It's the basis of the material that the group is going over. So remember, being a disciple is not about being perfect or a super Christian. It's about remaining teachable. Thanks for being with us today. If you've made it this far, then we hope that means this episode was valuable to you. We'd love this resource to reach anyone who needs it. So please consider giving this podcast a rating or sharing this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email simple at newhope.org.au. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.